The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Practical Spirituality. Positive Messages. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of Hope. Messages of Hope. Well, hello, everybody. I am coming to you live today from Manchester, England, across the pond, as they say. I'm out here on assignment interviewing one of my original mentors in mediumship, Mavis Patilla, because I'm going to write her wonderfully fascinating story in my next book. Uh, so I want to give a big shout out to my husband, Ty, who had the... Uh, the, the generosity to give me up for a week so I could come do this. And Ty, I miss you and the little puppies so much. So thank you for, for just being so willing to support me being here. Now, for all of you, what a show we have planned today. Uh, it's unlike any that I planned to do originally. And it is so filled with evidence of the afterlife, I'm bursting to share it with you. So, even though I have brought through thousands of souls in my one-on-one sittings as a medium, including my own stepdaughter, Susan, I have never experienced what I've experienced in the past couple of weeks with one very unique soul, who some of you have uh, already heard of in one of my recent radio shows. I'll get to that in a second. But I want you to know that even though you may not have known this woman, Brenda Baker, You all have loved ones who have passed, and the stories that I'm going to share with you today are shared so that you understand just how close this so-called other side that we pass to is. It's right here. So, let me tell you about Brenda. She was a guest on my show March 22nd. That's just a little bit over two months ago, and she came on the show to talk about her spiritually transformative experience that helped her to awaken to the truth of who all of we, all of us are, which is beautiful souls having a human experience. Brenda just became so joyous once she awakened. She started a group called Souls Awakening of Kindred Spirits, and everybody who came to know Brenda in her newly awakened state couldn't help but be infected with her joy at having discovered the spirit world, her goal to one day work as a medium, and all of that was shared in the March 22nd show. In that show, Brenda mentioned briefly that she'd been dealing with a challenging illness for the past year and how her awakened state helped her to deal with that. 
Well, that was a very tough case of bile duct cancer, and she went through one of the most difficult surgeries a human can go through and uh, endured it with, with grace, but not without some suffering, let me tell you. Well, shortly after the show on March 22nd, Brenda was informed by her doctor that the cancer had spread, and it was stage four. And she was given a prognosis of only three to six months. And it hit everybody who knew her very hard, and it hit her hard. But I could also tell that she was taking it with an attitude that was so admirable because she knew there was life after death. She knew it without a doubt. She was looking forward to what she called her homecoming. And I was so impressed with Brenda, and I knew that we could all learn from her attitude of facing impending death with this attitude of joy in spite of the the normal human fears of leaving family behind, that I asked her, would she mind coming on the show as my guest to discuss how you face a so-called death sentence with the kind of attitude she had? And it was a tough thing for me to ask her because it was so personal, but she agreed to do it. And, well, Brenda passed on March, no, May 9th, just a few weeks ago. And I thought, well, we won't get to do that show. But guess what? Brenda came through so immediately, so clearly, that the rest of this show is going to be dedicated to Brenda and the incredible evidence she has given to us that Brenda Baker is far from gone and has no intention of letting anybody think otherwise. So I have a couple of guests lined up to come in and talk with me, but I'm going to be sharing for the most part what happened and my personal experience with Brenda. But I want to back up to just after that radio show on March 22nd. Just after that, I was at a party in Arizona, and I met spiritual healer Deborah Martin. When I heard how Deborah Martin had helped to cure people's cancer, I immediately thought of Brenda. And I talked to Brenda, and I said, would you be willing to have a session with Deborah Martin? And Brenda said, you know, she gave it some thought, because she was resigned to her passing. And, but she agreed it would be worth a try. So Brenda had a session with Deborah Martin. And I want to bring in now our dear friend, Brenda's and mine, Lynette, Lynette Setscorn, who was also on that show on March 22nd. Lynette, I know you're standing by. How are you doing tonight? I am. I'm good. How are you, Suzanne? I'm doing well, too. I'm excited to share these stories. Uh, you were with you were staying in Brenda's home when she had the healing with Deborah Martin, right? I was. She had asked me to stay with her through her, you know, departure whenever that would would be. Yeah, and I'm, and I mean so, her death. <laughs> and and what? I mean her death. Her, you know, I don't know what to call it. Her transition, her departure. I mean, she's clearly not gone. But yeah. uh, she had asked me to stay to the end. And and you did, and we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. But I know that she talked about the, whether or not to have the healing with you, and she did go ahead and do it. Do you want to just t- t- talk briefly about uh, what you experienced shortly after the healing, being there with Brenda? Sure. 
Yes. Um, she asked me to sit with her during the healing time. Um, the way Deborah works, it's been long distance. And so we were just in a quiet place at the designated time, and I was sitting with her. And, um, and I, I observed her, and some pretty dramatic things happened. But what I noticed immediately afterward was that there was a lightness about her. It was, it was almost as if there was a glow. And then over the, the following couple of days, there were some pretty dramatic changes, even physically. And we didn't really know what to think. You know, how do you know whether a, a healing from terminal cancer has occurred without scans and all that kind of stuff? And by that point, she was on hospice, so you don't get those things. Um, but she had much improved cognitive functioning. She had had some pretty bad effects from the chemotherapy over the last year that had affected her um, ability to, you know, process and think, and um, that was just almost immediately better. She she devoted herself once again to the extensive meditations that she had done prior to becoming ill, which became impossible with the chemotherapy, and um, a cough that she'd had that was, you know, nonstop almost, uh, because she had, you know, met to the lungs, that just disappeared, and uh, tingling in her feet that was a result of the chemo, that disappeared. There were amazing effects from that that healing that were that were real and her energy level oh my stars it was like she was you know the Brenda of a year and a half before it was remarkable she didn't look ill she didn't seem ill yeah so so we're all excited we didn't we hadn't told too many people that she was going to do the healing because we just didn't know and we didn't want to get people's (laughs) hopes up but then the three of us were talking and we we were in this limbo state we didn't know if the healing meant she would still pass or not, because we're going to talk about this later, about what healing really means. So I came up with this idea. Well, Brenda was supposed to be on my radio show May 3rd to discuss Mm -hmm. her impending passing. And so we said, well, why don't we bring Deborah Martin on May 3rd instead? And she can do a show about spiritual healing and discuss her work. And so Deborah agreed to that, and we rescheduled Brenda for today. May 31st. And we thought, well, we will know by then if she's had a healing or not. So I think it's kind of funny that the description I wrote for today's show, well before Brenda passed, states, you know, guest Brenda Baker, who previously joined us to discuss her spiritually transformative event, comes back to discuss how her STE prepared her to deal with her own mortality. I had no idea when I wrote that, that she would be coming back from across the veil to join us today. And uh, Lynette, you and I were just talking. Um, we both feel her here with us now. When you, I didn't ask you how you feel her, but you said she's here. What, what, what do you sense? It, it's a physical sensation. I first noticed it when um, just in a matter of days after her death, I was working out, you know, the arrangements for her service and choosing music. And it was very apparent that she had opinions. <laughs> <laughs> um, she would. <laughs> yeah, she would. An intense shiver um, head to toe, and it would be, you know, a yet, I would have the shiver if she wanted this song included, and I would not have it if she didn't want it included. And it, it was clearly her. I just, I knew it was her. It was a knowing. Wow. So you got the shivers tonight? I did. <laughs> uh, cool. And, and I've been so jet lagged over here in England that I haven't felt Brenda in three days since I've been here, but I tuned in. I got very quiet right before the show and I said, Brenda, I know you wouldn't miss this show. And all of a sudden I hear her. I haven't felt her. I hear her voice. And she told me to tell you, Lynette, that 
that you had just gotten back to your home in Oklahoma and she showed me that the house was very stuffy, that nobody had cooled it down for you and you confirmed that for me and then i just asked you why she's showing me you're rubbing your arm there's some bump on your arm what's up with that there's just a bump on my arm that has been there and the last time i saw my doctor i told him i wanted it to go away and he said it's nothing don't worry about it but it bugs me and just today like an hour ago i was just looking at that thing and thinking i'm going to take a run at him again and see if i can make that go away (laughs) beautiful so, so this is, you know, you all listening, this is the kind of thing that I love when I hear from those in the spirit world because it shows they're still very much part of our lives here. Well, this is, that's very normal evidence for me, what we just shared with you. But what I'm about to go on to share is, was just above and beyond anything I as a, as a medium have ever experienced. So, let me just share with you how this series of events unfolded. I was uh, scheduled to teach my Serving Spirit Level 2 class. That's the second in a series of mediumship classes that I teach, and I was going to do it in Sedona, Arizona. So a group of the members of Souls Awakening that Brenda and Lynette founded had rented a house in Sedona while attending my class, and they called it the Heart House And it was so aptly named. I got to visit the group there uh, two evenings while we were in Sedona. And the love that was present in that hard house, and most of it focused on Brenda. Because by this point, uh, even though we knew she had received some kind of healing, she was on oxygen and pulling an oxygen tank behind her. And it was kind of disturbing for all of us to see her using oxygen. But she she was clearly struggling a little bit with the higher altitude in Sedona. And members of Soul's Awakening put her in a wheelchair, which she, I don't think she was very happy about, but wheeled her into my class for the first day. And she was able to stay there for the half of the first day, but then needed to go back to the house and rest up. So what I witnessed there, especially even after the class was over, I went over to the Hart House, was the kind of love that most people may never even feel in their lives. To have people just curling up beside you one after another. They would curl up next to Brenda on the couch, and and we were fawning over her, but it was just so love-filled, wasn't it, Lynette? It was amazing. It really was. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, The pictures from that that weekend speak a thousand words. So we saw her rally for this weekend. And then what happened, Lynette? We had um, a little gathering at the house on Sunday night and she was, you know, in full Brenda-ness, which is, you know, entertaining and and funny and, and participating. And Monday morning she woke up and her blood oxygen had dropped drastically and we couldn't get it up. And that was the day that we were supposed to check out and leave. Um, so we had her on the tank and also her concentrator. She was getting about 15, 16 liters of oxygen, and it still couldn't get her up above about 80 on the pulse ox. And so um, I, being a sane person, I said, I'm taking you to the ER, and she refused. And I said, the only smart thing is to take you to the ER, and she refused. I said, all right, let's go back to Phoenix. And so we loaded up and, and headed down the mountain. And, you know, this is kind of crazy. At the rate she was using oxygen, her tank should have run out in about, 45 minutes and we Mm -hmm. made it all the way back to Phoenix on one tank. So Mm -hmm. that was kind of a divine intervention. And, and I know that all of us were stunned at how quickly she just went downhill. 
I'm going to just shorten this so we can get to the magic. But three days later, she passed. I mean, we did. we were stunned. We were just absolutely stunned. And you and several friends were there, and I don't want to go through all of that. But uh, it was as if her soul knew this that she was going to pass, and she was going to go out on a, this high of love at that heart house. So I, I knew that she was close to passing, and I had made plans to come down and see her. I wanted to be there with her one last time. I was a couple hours away in Arizona, and I was uh, – all ready to get going in a rental car, and I was strongly urged by my guides to go through with the plans I had that day to go on a hike. And I thought it seemed kind of insensitive. Here's Brenda close to passing, but I was very clearly told, go on the hike. Looking back now, it was a hike with somebody who had a child on the other side, and I knew it would give us some special time together. But looking back, I also feel that that was because Brenda didn't want me there. She needed to bring through some magic that she clearly did, because... I'm walking on the trail, and I sense Brenda with me, and I could hear her voice, her inflections, and she was talking to me about lions and lions and tigers and bears, and I, I couldn't figure out why she was talking about lions, but it came became very clear later, it was very significant, but I said, how are you talking to me? I, I know you haven't passed yet. I'm talking to your soul, and she said, yes, and you'll be talking to me this evening, so we picked up the pace a little bit, but I felt very strongly that, that she was going to hang in there till I got down to Phoenix. Well, we got just when we got back to the car, Lynette, that's when you texted me and said, she just passed, and I didn't even have an urge to cry, which caught me off guard because Brenda is a dear friend. I just had this knowingness that, well, gosh, but she's right here because she was just talking to me. So I think it was just a couple hours later, right? This was just before 3 p.m. that she passed. So three hours later, I canceled my plans to go down there, and I texted my friend, fellow medium, Suzanne Wilson, because we had been discussing Brenda's imminent passing. Now, Suzanne had only met Brenda once, but she texted back after I said, Brenda just passed, and she said to me, she was here 15 minutes ago. She has friends in my online class tonight. Does this dear lady have a little white dog? Well, I know the answer to that, but Lynette, does this dear lady have a little white dog? She did, and that dear lady's little white dog laid on her lap all afternoon and was on her lap when she took her last breath. Exactly. I knew that Suzanne was talking about Teddy, and I thought, well, how perfect of Brenda to show, show up and show that to Suzanne Wilson. So Suzanne invite, invited me to join in on her online class. She said, we'll bring her through. So I sat there in my RV with Skype on the computer and with Suzanne Wilson and I taking the lead as working professional mediums and then the student mediums, all of us were bringing through snippets from Brenda three hours after she passed, but filled with evidence, including at one point, I said to one of the student mediums who I know very well, I said, well, Brenda is saying such and such to you. And the woman's face gave this look of surprise. And she said, that's exactly what she said she would say to me if she ever passed. So within three hours of her passing, I was able to deliver from Brenda a message that she had promised to give. And Brenda kept saying, there's no dif distance, there's no distance. 
And so I felt no need to grieve whatsoever. I couldn't wait to share this with Lynette and others. And I think the texts were going back and forth, and we filmed that webinar, but I don't think we shared it with you yet, right, Lynette? Um, I think I was watching it. I'm not sure if it was that night or the next morning. Okay. So we're all kind of tired. It's been a very stressful day, but it's 930. I'm getting ready to go to bed. I had already texted you. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting on the couch and all of a sudden Brenda stepped in so much more clearly than even in that webinar with Suzanne Wilson. There I was just getting bits and pieces. But suddenly, Brenda is dictating to me, just speaking straight through me. I looked over at poor Ty and I said, please don't talk to me. Brenda's here. And he's used to me saying that when I get spirits that drop in, but certainly not people that we know who just passed several hours earlier. And I typed an entire page, single space of Brenda talking about the fact that I'm just right here. It was easy. And I'm thinking, I know I'm not making this up. This is her voice. These are her word choices. These are her inflections. And yet, most of what she was saying, I couldn't prove because it was messages about what she was experiencing. Until the very end, when she ended by saying in this little dictation, let's have a party. And I knew she wanted to get the Souls Awakening members together on video computer the next night and she would come through. And she ended after saying, let's have a party. Do you like my boa? Meaning the kind <laughs> of boa that you would wrap around your neck like a scarf, a fuzzy scarf. And when she said, do you like my boa? She put in my mind the awareness through claircognizance, there's meaning here, and Lynette will know. And I was so excited because I knew that if there truly was meaning to, do you like my boa, this would validate everything she had just dictated to me about what she was experiencing on the other side. Well, I was exhausted. I just took what I had typed up, emailed it to Lynette, and I went to bed. I woke up at 2.30 in the morning, and I looked, and there was this email back saying, OMG, from Lynette. Lynette, why were you saying, oh, my God, to what I sent to you from Brenda? Well, as you were speaking, Suzanne, I remembered that I did actually watch the webinar on Wednesday evening. And so one of the things that Suzanne Wilson kept talking about was Brenda's blonde hair. And she kept coming back to Brenda's hair, Brenda's hair. And I had a suspicion what that was about. But when I got, I got your message about the boa, I knew instantly, and it had to do with a story that I had relayed to Brenda, oh my gosh, like three years ago when we first met, um, about a trip that my family and I took to New York City. And we were talking about how, you know, we're just souls wearing these little meat suits for a little while, and then we get to go back to where we really come from, that this is really more of a play here. And that's a hard concept to grasp. But I told her that one of the things that helped was we had been walking down Broadway late at night, and I was maybe six or seven years old, and I had, you know, a small-town girl's fantasies about Jaja and Ava Gabor. They were just so glamorous. You know, they didn't even seem real. They were like princesses. And we passed this theater, and there was a, a poster with a picture of Jaja on it, but she was not Jaja. She looked ordinary and plain, and um, I was kind of crushed because I wanted to see, you know, the real thing. And so we kept walking and we're looking around and suddenly this door flew open on that theater and out she came in full 
Zsa Zsa regalia. She had, you know, her blonde hair and an updo, and she had this big fat feather boa around her neck, and oh. she floated off to this limousine, and away she went. And I told Brenda, I said, I think that's what it's like for us in this life. You know, we may be, you know, in her case, a teacher, and mine, a social worker. Maybe we're farmers or, or you know, garbage men, whatever. But in the end, the real glamour comes through when we drop these these skin suits. The real essence of who we are is readily apparent, and she loved that story. And she would, you know, during the year of her illness, sometimes she would just say, "Tell me, Jaja, tell me, Jaja." It was so sweet. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing out loud because the I just wrote what Brenda whispered in my ear. She wrote, she she said, "I love that story." And the moment I wrote it, you just said, "I love that story" with perfect timing. <laughs> oh my gosh! So. I mean, to hear this from, from Lynette, everybody that's listening, you know, that this was it, not just any piece of evidence that Brenda brought through. She chose, you know, you like my boa, a piece of evidence that this is coming from Brenda Baker, who died that day. She is saying, in essence, yeah, they're just in, in Lynette's kind of crude words, meat suits the body. You know, <laughs> they're just costumes, like the boa that the Jaja Gabor wore. And we just take it off, but we're still here, the same person. And that was what was so stunning for me, is that I was hearing my friend Brenda in my ear, in her voice. I know that was comforting to you, Lynette. Well, it was, you know, because I, I strongly believe this was true, but until you know absolutely, now I know. I know completely. Yes, we're just like Zsa and I, I love that. I love it. That was a gift she gave me. Me too. So now I'm excited because she says we're going to have a party the, the next night. So Friday night comes. It's now two days since she passed, and we only have one minute till we have to go for a three-and-a-half minute break, but I want to entice you all to come back after the break because the Souls Awakening group got together on Zoom, that's a computer video program, for a session. We were all going to share signs that we'd received from Brenda. People were feeling like like bugs in their hair, like somebody tickling the top of their head. Several people were having that experience. Other people were sensing Brenda around and having beautiful signs. So I knew I wasn't the only one, that Brenda was talking to whoever would listen to her, which is exactly how Brenda would be. But she had also told me, if you get out of the way, Suzanne, I want to talk to everybody directly, which to me meant she wanted me to channel her, to just let her speak one-on-one in first person to everybody. And this was going to be a really big leap for me, but I had never felt a soul as present as Brenda was when she dictated that 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 what it's like on the other side thing. So I want you to come back after the break, and we're going to share with you what happened two days after Brenda died when she came through in this session with Souls Awakening. So please come back. It's going to be great.
Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listeners like you to support our broadcasts that send our messages out to an awakening world. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate today. Have you ever said to yourself, I'm living a life I never intended to create? What life did you intend to create? Did you set goals? Did you work toward reaching those goals? If we don't have a specific goal in mind or we don't know where we want to go, we may be likely to end up in places not of our choosing. Establishing goals along with guidelines on how to achieve them helps to keep us focused and energized and often makes our lives more interesting, useful, and successful. It's never too late to take control of your life. Once you have your purpose clearly in mind, explore the various ways you can make it happen and visualize the process you believe can work best. Set goals, do what it takes to accomplish them, and enjoy your process. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Daily Word has developed beautiful card decks to support your spiritual journey. One deck is about healing, another is about finding peace in troubled times. And the family cards are two decks, one for parents and one that can be colored on for children. So families can talk about spiritual principles together. The card decks are available from Unity. Go to unity.org, then click on Shop, or call 1-800-24-UNITY, Monday through Friday. Take some time to relax and tune into spirit with Reverend Paulette Pipe and Touching the Stillness. Every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central, join Paulette for a soul-stirring meditation that will leave you energized and inspired. Tune in and connect with listeners around the world in affirmative prayer. Not your everyday radio show. Touching the Stillness will help you bring new meaning and clarity to your life. Find Paulette on Facebook and listen each week right here at Unity Online Radio. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment. Unity founder Charles Fillmore is quoted as saying, Here is a mental treatment guaranteed to cure every ill. Sit for half an hour every night and mentally forgive everyone against whom you have any ill will. The act of forgiveness is powerful medicine. Is there someone in your life that you can work on forgiving? Try this exercise tonight. To forgive is to set yourself free. Find out more about Unity at unity.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Yes, welcome back indeed. We're having a great show today talking about how our dear friend Brenda Baker featured in the March 22nd episode of this radio show passed to the spirit world on May 9th and immediately came to let all of us who could feel her know, hey, 
I'm not dead. I'm right here. So what happened two days later, two days after Brenda passed, is that this group that she put together of kindred spirits called Souls Awakening, 36 of the 100 members gathered to honor Brenda and to talk about the signs she brought through. And I I think I surprised some of them by saying, look, she's right here and she wants to talk to you. And so for over 45 minutes, Brenda spoke through me to everyone, sharing her teaching, answering questions. And the reason I can say this with such confidence is because I'm not one to to be an actor. I can only state it like it is. My left brain doesn't allow me to impersonate people, but I just became Brenda. I was talking with Mavis Patilla here in England just an hour ago about what that was like to channel Brenda. And we agreed that it's a more appropriate term than channeling is a complete blending. And in fact, uh, we began calling it a brending, blending with Brenda. <laughs> so what stunned me was when I finished bringing through Brenda like that, everyone was completely silent, just gaping at the cameras. We were all shocked. We were stunned. I mean, Lynette, you were in on that. Lisa, you Oh, I'll bring in Lisa in a couple minutes here. I haven't introduced Lisa yet. But, Lynette, what did you experience then? Well, I um, was just blown away by the fact that you had, you showed her mannerisms. You had her cadence, her, um, you know, almost the tone of her voice. It was, it was remarkable because I've heard you talk a million times, and I've, you know, spent most of the last year in Brenda's house. It, she was right there. It was just stunning. Indeed. And, and I want to introduce Lisa Wilcoxon. I'm going to bring her in for a very specific piece of evidence that we'll talk about later. But Lisa, you were in, uh, in on that session as well. And I remember you had this stunned look on your face as well. It, it was absolutely remarkable. As Lynette said, just the mannerisms in, and it was clearly her speaking. I've never seen such a thing. And, and even I, as a medium, had never seen such a thing. And, and for me, I, I just, she would say funny things and even I would laugh because it was as if we were, we were blended, but we were two separate people. And I was just listening to Brenda talk, only it was coming through me. And some of the things she said was that were so stunning and teaching for all of you listening is, I just woke up. In other words, that's what it was like passing because she had been unconscious for a bit. And she said, I just woke up. And she said, I'm here. Everywhere is just here. In other words, I'm not in some far off heaven. I'm right here with you. Wherever you are, here you are. And the big thing she said, well, two things. One thing she said was, I'm sprinkling fairy dust on everyone. And I'm not sure if I knew at that point or not about the, the fact that people were, yes, I did know, they, they were feeling this tickling in their hair. But she called it sprinkling fairy dust on everyone, which I just loved. But the really biggie was she mentioned Deborah Martin, the healer, several times. And she said, Deborah healed the last of the gunk, meaning the emotional blockages within her, allowing her to have this instant awareness and ability to fly, she called it. Basically, she said the healing gave her the freedom to just pass to the other side and be instantly here with us. And this is a really huge point that Brenda wanted to make sure that all of us understand that our, in our human minds, we believe that a healing means that you're not going to die. 
But Brenda was there to say, but wait, I didn't die. My physical body did, but I was still healed. I was healed of the emotional trauma, allowing me to basically go to the head of the class when she passed from this body, from the the earthly suit. And so in healing, the point is not being cured, it's it's being healed from whatever blockages you have. So to me, that, that session was like a miracle. And in fact, quite a few people said it, it was like watching a miracle because that was Brenda. But that wasn't the end. And she said, you know, you can't get rid of me now. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm your teacher now. And in fact, she said to me, I'm going to be the medium's medium. And what followed for me in the first week was, was daily Brenda teachings, which I even began calling breachings and Brenda isms. And she showed me why she had shown me lions on the trail coming to me via her soul before she passed, which is just so important for all of us to know. There was Lynette with Brenda, who was no longer conscious and no longer apparently sentient, yet she was conversing with me on the trail, showing me lions and tigers and bears, and she showed me when she came back after she died, don't you remember, Suzanne? You sent me a poster when we first met, and it had lions on it, and you said, I'll always have your back. That's what I said to Brenda. And Brenda, after she passed, came back to show me those lions. And after she passed, she said, I've got your back now. But Lynette, that wasn't the end of the, the lion poster, was it? No, it was not. The, uh, the day after she died, Thursday, um, the two the two dear friends of ours from Souls Awakening had gone on to their respective homes. And uh, Brenda's son and daughter-in-law had left the house, and I was there alone. And, you know, I have to be honest, Suzanne, I was... You know, we were extremely close, and I'm still in a state of grief. I miss my friend. I miss her presence. You know, I mean, I'm joyful that she's alive, and I know she is. I have no question. But I miss her. I still miss her. And and I have moments of, you know, pretty intense sadness. And I even shed a few tears this morning. But I was alone in the house, and I walked out to the kitchen. Everything was dark and quiet. Her computer was off. And I was uh, making some tea, and I heard a ding. And I thought, what is that? And I walked over. I looked at her computer, and... And that, that little poster thing that you made up, you actually sent it to both of us about a month after um, you introduced us, and um, and it said, I've got your back, girls, and it was on the screen. And I thought, well, that's bizarre. And then I thought, Brenda, you did that. And so I did a test. I turned the computer off. I turned it on to see what would come up. It was not that. <laughs> <laughs> and she's right here right now, and she's saying, of course I did. <laughs> <laughs> She's really enjoying taking credit for everything. And um, we talked earlier, Lynette, about you choosing songs for the celebration of life. And in uh, these daily visits I was getting for her, I didn't know what songs you were even considering. But she came through to me and she tells me, make sure she plays the happy song by Farrell <laughs> or Farrell. And, and I wrote to you and you had already chosen it, right? Of course, of course, because she was in charge of that whole process. In fact, there was a, a friend of ours who was making a video for her service, and it was a, um, there was a song that was very special to Brenda, to all of us. And I kept going back to that one expecting a yes, and that was just nothing. I got nothing on that one. And I had no idea that that was the background song for this video that was, that was being produced by another friend of ours, and that's why she oh. said no to it. To me. I love that. I love I that. So there's your validation of your, your goosebump, your shivers yeah. uh, test. But that friend is Jane Howell, who put together this beautiful tribute video to be played at the celebration of Brenda's life. And 
Jane sent that to members of Souls Awakening to see it. And the moment I saw it, oh, I teared up. It was the first time that I really got emotional. And that song was part of it because it was so touching. And Jane did such an amazing job. And I could share on Jane's behalf. She said that Brenda helped her choose the photos to use in it. And in fact, even told her, don't choose that particular photo because there was something about it she didn't like. And Jane included a whole bunch of photos from that last gathering of Souls Awakening at that heart house in Sedona that we talked about in the first half of this show. And uh, so I'm watching this and I'm getting really emotional and I had to breathe. And for those of you listening, when you get caught up in that emotion... Knowing that someone is still with you makes all the difference. And I had to remind myself, wait a minute, we love her, we miss her, but she's the one that said, I'm right here. So I got a grip on myself, but I knew watching that video, I needed to be present for that celebration of her life. One last chance for us to gather, whoever whoever from the Soul's Awakening could be there. So I... uh I was on the road, I, we had left Arizona by that point, and I flew into... Uh, Arizona and Lynette, you were so helpful and several other friends driving me around and helping me when you had so much to do. But I woke up uh, in the hotel room the morning of her celebration and there's Brenda. And she's telling me, I want you to buy Maya Angelou's most famous book, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. And I thought, what in the world? But I had, it was so clear at 6 a.m., without even getting out of bed, I pulled my iPad over and I downloaded the Kindle version of this book. And there I am reading the preface, and Maya Angelou is talking about, in fact, the quote is uh, from the book, just thinking about it made me go around with angel's dust sprinkled over my face for days. And I started laughing because it was just like Brenda walking around saying I'm sprinkling fairy dust on everybody's head. So I shared that with you, Lynette, and you stunned me by telling me something about Brenda that I didn't know regarding Maya Angelou. You remember what that was? I do. Maya Angelou was her favorite author, and that particular book had been transformational in her life. It had led her to an acceptance of herself that she didn't have to that point and um, was just tremendously healing. So for those of you listening, I hope you, you hear these stories that go so far beyond synchronicity. This is not just an accident that I got this the day of her celebration of life. This is Brenda Baker, who has not changed at all. She is an awakened soul just talking in my ear, telling me what to do, and it leads to these magical moments. So when you follow those nudges, oh, those on the other side just celebrate. So speaking of celebrating, let's talk about her celebration of life. So Brenda wasn't in education for her entire career, and most of the people at this celebration, which was held in the school auditorium where Brenda last worked, were educators who did not know about Brenda's awakening. And Lynette, you were so brave to put comments about Brenda's awakening and quotes from the channeling session from the other side from Brenda in the program. I just thought that was wonderful. But um, Brenda showed up, of course, at her celebration of life. And I wanted to share this with those of you who are listening, because I know for a fact that almost everyone attends their own funeral after they die. And I know that sounds funny, but why wouldn't we show up to hear all these accolades and beautiful things? So I knew Brenda would be present, but I didn't expect her to be sitting beside me giving me a running commentary 
<laughs> throughout the program. She made a, a funny comment about what those educators were thinking as they read that program and heard the stories of Brenda wanting to be a medium. And uh, I remember writing down everything. She was clearly saying things in my ear except for one moment when that video came on, that beautiful tribute made by Jane Howell from Soul's Awakening. And she was showing the pictures taken in the Hart House in Sedona, all that love. And instead of saying something in my ear, at that point, Brenda held up a fudge sickle, like a popsicle, a fudge sickle, right before my eyes, and didn't say anything, so I wrote down on this piece of paper with her running commentary, she's showing me a fudge sickle during the movie. And then the um, one of the songs that Lynette had chosen was Somewhere Over the Rainbow. And when that played, Brenda said in my ear, I'm giving Lynette one of those. Little did I know how significant all this commentary was going on in my ear. So... Seven of us from Soul's Awakening went out to dinner after the celebration of Brenda's life. And we're sitting around waiting for our food to be delivered. And I said, hey, why don't I share with you what Brenda said during her own memorial service? And so I went down the list and we were laughing because some of it wasn't particularly evidential. It was just pure Brenda, wasn't it, Lynette? <laughs> it was. And funny. Just having a blast. It was like having her there. Yeah. And uh, Lisa Wilcoxon, who I introduced earlier on the show here, you were sitting at the table there. And so when I got to the point where I said, and during the movie, she didn't say anything. She just held up this fudge sickle. Well, Lisa lets out this huge gasp at the end of the table. We all turn to her and she has her hand over her mouth. And I remember thinking after about five seconds, she hasn't taken her hand off her open mouth. And I thought, okay, this is pretty dramatic. You want to tell us what this is all about? So Lisa, why don't you tell us why you were so stunned at this fudge sickle? I'm still stunned at the fudge sickle. I live in Phoenix and know the valley So I went directly to the high school, and I realized I had gone to the wrong high school. So I embarrassingly showed up halfway through the service while Jane's video was starting. And I stood in the back and let my eyes adjust and then took my seat. We went through the service, and then we went to dinner. When you said she held up a popsicle, I gasped because earlier, about shortly after Brenda passed, I learned that people at the Hart House had written down code words on a little scroll and put them in a velvet bag. Well, I heard a code word in my head, and I wrote it down. Brenda gave it to me. I wrote it down. I rolled it up in a scroll, and I put it inside of a makeshift drum we had used at the Hart House for a drumming circle that weekend for Brenda. And when you said Brenda held up a fudge sickle, I gasped because that was the word that Brenda gave me that I wrote down on the scroll and put in that drum at my house in Sedona. And Brenda marked my entrance. When I (laughs) walked in to that auditorium was exactly when you said Brenda showed you the fudge sickle popsicle. And what do you mean by code word? Code word was something that Jane had written at the Hart House that would be a word between 
Brenda and the person who agreed with the word that a medium would bring through that word in validation that only those two people would know for certain that that was Brenda. And so little did I know when Brenda held up a fudge sickle that popsicle was Lisa's code word for Brenda. And when you say Brenda gave I, it to you, you just meant you, you heard it in your head. You knew it in your head. Is that I right? I heard it in my head. I heard it in my head. Brenda had already crossed. And yeah. I, I felt a little bit left out. I didn't get in on the scroll thing at the heart house. So I thought, well, I'll just write my own right here. And I heard her say the word. And I, I, I'm still astonished. I'm sitting here right now with goosebumps all over my body. And, and, and me being the perfectionist, I said, well, it was a popsicle, but Brenda's saying, but of course it would be chocolate. That's why it's a fudgesicle. And I had to validate it, and everybody at the table said, oh, yeah, of course it would be chocolate. Brenda loved chocolate, and I didn't know that. But uh, I was so glad that I didn't know that everybody had code words because mediums really don't like that too much because the chance of getting a code word when there are so many other things they could get through is very slim. And the timing, I mean, right when – Lisa, you walked in late. It was like the teacher was 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 giving you a a, a what for for showing up late exactly. to her celebration of life. Exactly. It was as if I could hear her saying, "Well, thank you for joining us, Mrs. Wilcoxon." <laughs> exactly. And then Lynette, the remember I said in the celebration when the song "Somewhere Over the Rainbow" played, Brenda whispered in my ear, "I'm giving Lynette one of those." Why was that significant? Because that was, I didn't understand them to be code words. I thought they were symbols and signs that she was going to send to us, and that was one of mine. I'd given her several options, but rainbow was one of mine. And you'd put it on a little squirrel piece of paper Uh and put it in that velvet bag? bag. Yes, and no one looked at those bags. And I got my rainbow two days later in Las Cruces at Raven's house on her wall as a mask that's painted with a rainbow. And I looked up at that and just was covered with chills. (laughs) so for those of you listening this i can't ask i couldn't think of better proof that this is a woman who was at her own celebration of life far from dead far from gone except for physically and taking great joy and when 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 lisa finally took the hand off her mouth and said that's my code word the, the other six of us at that table hooted and hollered so loud, we were at an outdoor table, that people 50 yards away in the parking lot turned around to say, what's with those people? Are they all drunk? And we hadn't even been drinking. We were just ecstatic at this proof from joy. Brenda. It was joyous, joyous. So the seven of us went back to Brenda's house. This is just a few hours after her memorial service. And I said, let's talk to Brenda some more. And so I sat there and channeled her just like I had for the Zoom session, but live. And it was magical because just about everything that she gave us, what we were able to prove. She started off by pulling my head so so that I was looking towards the kitchen and she said, how about them brownies? And I and I asked the group, what's she talking about brownies? And they said that just over there on the counter were these special flaxseed brownies that one of the ladies had brought. So I knew we were off and running with Brenda, right away evidence with the brownies. She talked about her son and being so worried about her son and his healing. And when talking about his healing, she showed me a bowl of chicken soup. Lynette, what was up with that? <laughs> the neighbors had brought over, uh, it's actually a neighbor that Brad had some problems with, and they brought over this big, huge tub of chicken soup. 
a couple of nights before, and that, that started a conversation between Brad and his now new neighbor as he's moving into his mother's house. It started wow. a healing there in that relationship. It's just awesome. And, I mean, just mundane things. We had had, I had had spaghetti at dinner, and I'm laughing. I'm saying, she says, spaghetti sauce gives me heartburn. I can't eat that stuff. And I, and some of her dearest friends who were there when she took her last breath were there. So I said, does anybody know if that's true? And all together in unison, they said, it's true, it's true. And, uh, it was just a, a magical thing to celebrate that, that she was, like she says, right here she's actually tapping me on the shoulder right now saying you know i hope that everybody gets this this is the most important message you can all hear death is not the end so the the magic didn't end either i only have five minutes to wrap this up but lynette you drove me to the airport the next day and poor lynette not only did she say goodbye physically to brenda that week but a dear friend of yours you'd known her for 30 years passed two days before uh, not before Brenda, but just before that day in the car taking me to the airport. And I found myself thinking about this friend of yours who I had never met. And for some reason, I turned to you, Lynette, and I said, how many children did your friend have? And the minute I asked the question, I knew it was five. And Lynette, you said five. And so I said to myself, how did I know it was five? And suddenly, I couldn't catch my breath. you remember that, Lynette? I do, yes. It- it, and, it was scary. And from lung cancer. Oh, that's right. Grace, pa- yes. oh, I said her name. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> well, it's okay. She had, she had passed from lung cancer, and this taking away my breath was their way of letting me know, this is real. She's right here. It's called a drop-in. Mm-hmm. So immediately, just riding along in the car there, your friend Grace was giving me evidence about her personality. You were validating it. And I was I was so happy because I knew I wouldn't have time to give you an actual reading to bring your friend through. And so she comes in on the way to the airport. But what was fascinating is that this friend of Lynette's said in answer to Lynette's question, yes, she and Brenda had met on the other side. Had they ever met here? They never did. We talked about connecting by Zoom, but it just never happened. Okay, and Brenda's just connect just corrected me. She said, Didn't I tell you it's all here? <laughs> but we mean in, in physical form. Uh they had never met physically, but this friend of Lynette's showed that she had been quite fearful throughout her life and had a lot of issues and she showed me evidentially where a lot of those issues came from. And she showed me that she was communicating with me with the help of two guides because she hadn't quite learned to communicate like Brenda had yet. She showed us that her life she was experiencing now across the veil was peaceful. It had only been two days, but she showed me she was not at the same level as Brenda, which I found really fascinating. She said, Brenda got it. In other words, Brenda worked so hard to clear out the gunk. She had that healing that with Deborah Martin that cleared out the final bit of gunk. Brenda basically found her soul's freedom in her final years of life. And Lynette's other friend, who she knew for 30 years, had not gotten to that point, hadn't worked through her issues. So this, to us, was evidence that you do reap what you sow here on this physical world. Um, so it behooves all of us to to become free of our issues, to learn who we are, 
which is beautiful souls having this human experience. We just take off our boa like Brenda showed us at the end of our life and we continue on as the beautiful lights who we are. And the more we come to know that here and now, why you just wake up when you pass to the other side. It's just like blinking. Ladies, Lynette and Lisa, thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to talk for the next minute and just wrap this up, but but thank you for sharing with me. You're so welcome. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. Thank you. And for all of you listening, I hope that this has helped you to connect with your own soul. If these words touch your heart, it's because your soul wants you to know this is true. People are afraid to talk about death. Do you hear the joy with which you're celebrating Brenda's passing? Yes, as Lynette said, we miss her physically terribly, but she is right here. Just as your loved ones are, there is no there There's only here, and like Brenda wanted us all to know, we're all just walking each other home because there's only one I. It's the I am, and it's all about love. So the more we understand this, the quicker we find peace both here and I can't say there. Brenda will whack me upside the head. (laughs) We find peace wherever we are when we realize who we are, which is the light. We just shed our people suits, our boas. We just wake up. So please go out and work on being the loving soul who you are meant to be. Just go out and shine. Thank you, Brenda, for the continued teaching. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.